You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. Now I know there's some people in here, to be honest with you, who are tired of Christmas. You, you probably wouldn't admit that because it doesn't sound right to say, I'm tired of Christmas. But some of you are tired. You're worn out. You're overstuffed with food. And then you walk up on campus today and you see there's more donuts. And then there's homemade fudge. There's no chance for us. So let me give you a secret. Okay? If you're making these resolutions, which I'm not into resolutions. I'm more into challenges than I am resolutions. And I'll go there in a few moments. But if you're wanting to get to the gym, wait until the 1st of February. You'll have no problem. If you want to go to the park and go for a walk or a run, wait until February. There'll be nobody there. You see what I'm saying? We all have good intentions, don't we? And you know that the kids don't want to go back to school. The teachers don't want to go back to school. Now, parents may be saying, at this time, get them back to school as soon as possible. If you're a teacher, you want Christmas break to slow down, don't you? If you're a parent, you want it to speed up. The gifts you received didn't please you. What you gave other people wasn't appreciated. And the whole thing went too long. Just too long. I mean, it started at Home Depot back in October, didn't it? They had trees, and I'm not knocking Home Depot, that's a wonderful company. They had trees November 1st. You know what happens to a cut tree? It's been cut for that long. <laughs> when you put it up in your house and you rub your hand across it, you're going to have a bunch of dead foliage in your hand, most likely. But every year, earlier and earlier and earlier, you've been bombarded with the sights and sounds of Christmas, so maybe your senses are a little dull. So it's easy to become cynical, isn't it? Easy to want to settle back in a routine and stay with what's comfortable. When you do that, you know what you get? You get what's coming to you. Nothing. And for that reason, I do not want us to run away from Christmas quite yet. I want us to stay with the Christmas story, especially the story of these wise men. Now, Epiphany is actually January 6th, but we celebrate Epiphany Sunday today, which is really early, but it is what it is. So let's look at these wise men who were sent to follow this star to find the king of the Jews, the Messiah. Let's see if we can learn something from them today to renew us and get us ready for this new year. So who were they? These fellow travelers who traveled from afar in order to see this child who was born to be a king? We don't know who they were. We really don't. Some traditions named them, but we can't even pronounce those names, much less spell those names. One tradition says they were kings, wealthy kings from foreign lands. Another tradition says they were magicians. Still another tradition says they were astrologers. Who they were really doesn't matter. It does matter that they have woven themselves into the Christmas story. So let's look at their story, and let's seek to appreciate their wisdom as we stand on the after side, the near after side of Christmas. The first clue of their wisdom is the question that they ask in verse 2 of our gospel lesson that Bella read so beautifully today. They ask this, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Evidently, these wise men were not even Jews themselves, yet they sought a king, someone they could believe in. Someone they could trust and follow. Could it be 
that they had plenty of everything except what they needed to make what they had worth possessing. And so that leads us to the first truth of this story about the wise men. Most of us have plenty to live on, but not enough to live for. These are in your notes today. You might want to take these home. This is one of those applicable sermons. You can apply it to your life and start out this year the right way. Most of us have plenty to live on, but not enough to live for. And that's the wisdom of these wise men. They understood that. They understood this arduous journey in order that they might find the child, the king, that would add meaning to their life. Now, most in this congregation today have enough to live on. But I have an idea that there are many of us in this congregation today who don't have yet enough to live for. And what we live on is not nearly as important as what we live for. What we live on keeps us alive and breathing, but what we live for gives us meaning and life spelled with a capital L. So after asking the question in verse 2, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? These wise men said, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And as I've already indicated, one tradition has it that these men were astrologers and they might have been. And many believe they were. In that day, stars were very important. People had an affinity to the stars. They sought to chart their lives by the stars. They believed that you could determine the future by the stars. In fact, they believed that a person's destiny was forged by the star under which that person was born. So these men might have been professional astrologers. Even so, it is to their eternal credit that they saw the star in the east and they followed it. Certainly, thousands of others didn't see the star, and even thousands more saw it but didn't follow. What's the wisdom here? Don't get trapped in the routine. Do you want to be in the same routine you were in in 2021? Or do you want something different, something new, something transformational, something exciting, not mediocre, not average? Don't life, don't let life wear you down to the point that you're dull to the breaking in of mystery and wonder. Nothing surprises you anymore. What was the difference between these wise men who saw and followed the star and those who did not? Maybe those who did not were so bogged down in their shops trying to make ends meet or so busy with their affairs and engagements that it had not occurred to them to look at the star. We never see the star. We never see the stars when our eyes are focused on our plodding feet, when our hands are bowed and our shoulders are sagging. We never see the star because we're always looking down. And most of us never see the star because what are we looking down at? This. This is the new God. You know it's true. It's true. You're bowed down looking at it. Your spouse is trying to talk to you. What are you doing? You say, I can talk to you and do this at the same time. Let me finish this text. What is that communicating, folks? Communicates that this is more important than the actual physical person that's right there next to you. Be careful. It can be used as a tool of Satan. And it can be helpful when you're watching the football game. I know that. And the weather. But have you noticed that the weather, at least on the iPhone, most of the time when you look at it, it's wrong. <laughs> Yesterday we're walking, it says, it says clear, no rain. It's just a pouring down. I'm like, what? What's wrong with this thing? You know, like it's raining. God's like, don't trust that. But do you trust this more than you trust looking ahead 
in actually seeing people, physically seeing them. I'm so glad that you've chosen to be with us in worship today. I'm glad that most of the time we have the online option as well. But the author of Hebrews says, don't let us give up on being together. We are up. I'm excited. You just saw that on live TV. We ask you to be responsible in your decisions. Yeah, we know there's still a virus out there. But we give you options of being in person, outside under the tent, or stay at home if you don't feel well, or if you've been around people that are sick. Watch it. We give you options, folks, to make responsible decisions. We trust you. Should we? I do, because I pray for you. I pray for this congregation and this community, for us to be wise and to be smart, to have some common sense about others. And so, some people never see the star because they're looking down. They never see the blessings right around them because they're looking down, focused on what they're doing at that given moment. There's a story about a preacher who spoke one Sunday morning on the topic of suffering. And when the service was over, one of the parishioners greeted him at the door by saying, Reverend, I have to confess to you that I really didn't know what suffering was until I listened to your sermon today. (laughs) Some of you just woke up and got off your phones when you heard that joke, didn't you? It's the truth. Some of us are like that. And it's strange how it happens to us. Life wears us down and we communicate that by our very being. People can tell you're worn down. You see it in your eyes. You see it in your body language and your demeanor. People can tell. And I've seen a lot of worn down people lately. A lot of worn down, just tired. We communicate our defeat, don't we? It may not be dramatic defeat, but it's lethargy, lack lack of interest, nothing zestful about who we are and what we're doing. No spark, no tang to life. I know people who are so alive and who are so expecting about life that they can enter the room where I am and it's as though the morning sun has risen in all its brightness. I know people like that. Some of you don't like people like that because when they enter the room, they're like, hey, you know, they're, they're full of energy, you know, like Chuckles. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Robert knows what I'm talking about because we see Chuckles on the tennis court every now and then, a.k.a. Doug Allen. Um, <laughs> he can impersonate anybody, folks. It's, it's the truth. So I know people like that, and I love that. I could name off people that are like that. There's several of you in this congregation right now that I'm looking at. Several of you. You give off that kind of energy. You do. And that's a good thing. But then I know some people that when they enter into the room, there is the spirit of heaviness right away and negativity because they're always looking down. Or maybe they're watching too much news. You know what I'm saying? And so the negativity just permeates through them. You can feel the energy and it starts to to rub off on you. You're like, no, I don't want that. But it's there. Maybe you're sitting next to one this morning. Hopefully God can set you and them free today if you'll just listen for a few more moments. What happens to us is not what makes the difference. How we respond to what happens to us is what makes the difference. Did you hear that? There's something else we can learn from the wise men. What happens to us is not what makes the difference. How we respond to what happens to us is what makes the difference. You know people that have that spirit of heaviness, and they complain, and they'll say things like this. They'll say, if that accident hadn't happened, if circumstances had been different, if so-and-so hadn't died, if my parents had given me a better education, if, 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 then things would be different. 
always the if. Let me say it again. The truth is, that isn't so. What happens to us is not what makes the difference. How we respond to what happens to us is what makes the difference. That's in your notes. Hold on to that one. This was illustrated by an Easterner who made his first trip out west on a bus with a tour group. And he was unmoved by the scenery. He scoffed at the Grand Canyon. He yawned <sighs> at Yellowstone. He had no interest in the coast redwood groves. And finally, the bus driver could not take it any longer. He couldn't stand the fellow's grapping and complaining and the indifference. And so as not to embarrass him, he said quietly to him, Mr., when you haven't got it inside, you can't see it outside. When you haven't got it inside, you can't see it outside. You know, you may think you're a believer, and I hope you are. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, if you haven't been baptized by the Holy Spirit when you receive Jesus and don't acknowledge that spirit that's within you, then you're really missing out. You may be one of those people, I believe in the Bible, I believe in the Old Testament, I believe in the Gospels. And that's where you stop. You don't get into Paul's letters. You don't hear Jesus talk about sending the advocate. My father's going to send the advocate. Your friend, closer than a brother, the power of the Spirit. You see what I'm talking about? If you don't have that Spirit within you, you're living a mediocre believer's life. And John says it clearly in Revelation, folks. He says, you're either hot or cold, not lukewarm. Or God literally spews you out of his mouth. Can't be in the middle. So we need to rely on that Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's within us. The other night, Greta's grandson, River, asked her, "How is Jesus just one. How does he come to live in everybody's heart? That's a good question, isn't it? He's just a little boy. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that consumes us, that invades us, that lives within us. Some would say, man, until I experienced the Holy Spirit, there was a part of God that I never knew. We've done a Holy Spirit study in this church with the men and women. We're going to do a Holy Spirit series uh, around Pentecost. It's going to literally knock your socks off. I mean, your socks are going to go flying. That could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. It all depends on who you are. It is going to be anointed. I, I do it today, but, I'm, but God's got that for us on the horizon. But you get the Holy Spirit every time you walk through these doors, don't you? You know what I'm talking about. And it's more than a feeling. It is. It's a lot more than that. So stay with me, okay? It's easy to get trapped in that routine, to become dull and bogged down. The wisdom of the wise man admonishes you to stay alive to the mystery. Keep your eyes open for a star that might burst forth in the dark of night in your soul. These wise men, they gave Jesus gold. History tells us that it was custom that no one could come into the presence of the king without bringing a gift. And gold was the king of metals. It's the proper gift for a king. But there's gold and there was frankincense and there was myrrh, all very precious, special gifts. And we do well to remember that Jesus is king. We never come to Jesus on equality. We must come to him in submission and in surrender. Surrender fully to him. 
is what he desires. That's why we as a church are beginning today 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm going to explain about that in just a few moments. So I want to ask you, because this is the topic of today's message, what is God's plan for your life in 2022? To find out, we must stop looking down at our plodding feet, stop spending so much time on useless stuff on our phones. And you know it's useless. How many of you just do this all the time? If you're doing this, be careful, okay? Just be careful with that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Spencer's like, yeah, I know what that is. Um, but I'm transformed, Stephen. I don't do that anymore, right? We must abide. We must abide in him. Then we'll find out that we have the strength physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually that we need each step of every day. Allow the Lord to empower you for the challenges of the coming new year. Who you are, folks, listen to this. Who you are is more important than what you do. Who are you? You know that question that the villain asked Batman? Who are you? And three times he says, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. He says it three different times. Different ways, but he says it three times. Who are you? Can you say with confidence? I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a believer in Christ. I have surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Can you say that? And look someone in the eyes and say that? Can you articulate, explain what that means to you? More importantly, whose will you be? Whose will you be? Who has most control and command over your life right now? Think about that. Who should have most control over your life? Make the commitment now that your plan for the new year will be to abide in Christ and seek his strength for your life in 2022. Bring it on, right? Bring it on. I believe God is going to remove words that have clouded our thoughts and been detrimental to our well-being this past year and blow a refreshing into our spirits and lives that will transform our minds and cause us to prosper like never before. And I'm not talking about material prospering. I'm talking about spiritually prospering, folks. And you can't just expect the pastors to do that for you. You see, people today... They want a quick fix when it comes to spirituality. That's why so many people have decided that staying online for church will be what they do long term and may be what they do forever. Podcasts are good enough. They want the quick fix, right? Hoping someone else will do the spiritual work for us. Guilty? want somebody else to do it for you, I'll get into heaven on my granddad's faith. I'll get into heaven because I go to youth group sometimes. I'll get into heaven because I participated in a prayer at school outside by this flagpole. That's not going to do it, folks. It's a lot more than that. That's not the way it works. You see, the goal of this fast, and I've been praying about this, Lord, is this the Sunday to present this when there'll be a lot of people gone? The Lord said, 
Yes, you're going to present it the next couple of weeks too. And that 21 days can be whatever their 21 days is. They can start whenever they desire as long as it's 21 days. That's the number, 21. And so the goal of this fast is to help you meet with God every single day. Set up this pattern for 21 days, and then it will last the rest of your life. You will meet with God every single day through prayer and meditation and time in the Word with no distractions. And I'm going to give you some permission today. Get a really good Bible app that reminds you every day to read Scripture. Maybe a Scripture comes up on your phone. I have a, uh, a patrolman. He's a police officer. He's over in Lawrenceville. Every day he sends me a text with a scripture. I'm, I'm training him to be a chaplain, and he sends me a scripture every day. And that scripture is perfect every day. I'm like, whoa. It's like he knows. He sends it to me. I had another friend say, man, I wish I'd, he'd quit sending those scriptures every day. I get too much text, too many texts. I'm like, yeah, but do you get scripture text every day? No. <laughs> See what I mean? Just, I'm just saying, he's probably watching like, oh, you called me out on that one. Yes, I did. Okay? So, in the Word, praying, meditation with no distractions. It's easy for you to sit down with your stack of devotion books, and I'm sure you've got some, and then guess what's next to it? The cell phone. You know what temptation there is with the cell phone being there? Unless your Bible's on the cell phone. I would almost behoove you... <laughs> to actually have a physical copy of God's Word instead of that phone when you do your Bible study in your devotion time, whether that's in the morning, evening, whenever you do it. A physical copy of it so you can hold it and hear the pages and highlight with an actual highlighter, not do it with your thumb or your finger or whatever you do on your phone. And I want you to do this. You may not remember this, but I think you will. May you begin each day of this fast with this desire. This is from Psalm 42 too. My soul thirsts for the living God. Go around all day long. My soul thirsts for the living God. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Speak through me. Teach me. Use me. Fill me up, Lord, with your spirit. May I have your eyes to see. May I have your hands and your feet. May I become your representative. May you live in me. May your will be done through me, Holy Spirit. I claim it. I name it. I desire that. You don't have to say it the way I just said it. Have an intimate connection with your Father, with Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit, and just say it like your best friend is standing right there next to you. Because in essence, he is your best friend. And to be able to say, I am a friend of God, that's, that's huge, folks. But not only are you a friend of God, Jesus refers to God as Abba, Daddy. The Daddy maybe you never had, the Daddy you've always wanted. You have that Daddy. You have that Abba, Daddy God, a Father who never forsakes you, who never walks out, who never demoralizes you or puts you down or criticizes you or pushes you around or walks out on you. He's your Daddy. Who's your Daddy? He's your Daddy. And he loves you. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, he will love you regardless. And so we have a few slides today. I think we're going to put them up here for you to see. We're going to start this teaching on fasting. And this is not long. We'll go through this pretty fast, and then we'll, we'll have to commun communion together. So here we go. 
Maestro, you can keep going. Maestro is Eric Oliver. If you ever wonder who the maestro is, it's Eric Oliver. He's very good at this. Okay? He doesn't know who's playing on January 10th, by the way. Yes, he does. <laughs> he does. Let's go to the next one, please. Okay? So, in preparation for what's next at Mystic Creek, some of you have completed the questionnaire that went out. Not a survey. It was a questionnaire. If you have not, we have hard copies for you you can take with you today. We still have the link out there. It's on Facebook. It's been through email. It's been through text. It's been through GreetMe. Statistics tell us to present things and advertise things seven times. I've done it 14 just to make sure I've covered the basis. So I've doubled it. Still, there's somebody in here that says, I knew nothing about the questionnaire. That's just the way it goes. So let's keep going. Churchwide Visioning Retreat. Put this on your calendar, February 4th and 5th. It'll be on campus somewhere. We're not sure exactly where it's going to be yet, but it will be on this campus somewhere. It'll be a Friday evening and half a day on Saturday. To prepare for that, your leadership team is going away on a one-day retreat January 22nd. We will be taking uh, the results of your questionnaires, and we'll be compiling um, a report with our um, renovations team and leadership team to present that February 4th, 5th weekend to see where God is leading us next here at Misty Creek. Let's continue on with the slides, please. So here are some things you might would give up um, in, a, in a fast. And I know the one word everybody sees before they see anything else. It's in the center. I know you've already seen it, so I'm not going to skip it, but there it is. Okay, those are things people usually give up at Lent because, honestly, it's something for them. It's like, well, I want to lose some weight, so during Lent I'm going to give up this. Or it's New Year's, so I'm going to exercise more, or I'm going to drink less, whatever it is. But that's usually for you. This goal for fasting is what are you going to do for God? What are you going to give up and give back? So let's keep going. Fasting. Okay, I won't go through all of that because this is actually in your, your um, little insert today, so I won't read through all of that. But one of the things I want to say is this. It's a way to increase your prayer life and self-examination. So whatever you're fasting from, that can be time that you spend with the Lord in meditation, in Scripture study, and just leaning into Christ, just being still and being in His presence during time you normally would spend in the drive-thru or time you normally would spend on social media, you're spending it with the Lord instead. Scripture tells us He must increase, but I must decrease. More of you, God, and less of me. Move me out of the way. That's what you do during a fast. And it becomes a lifelong practice for you. Let's keep going, please, Maestro. A good fast is balanced. You know, I'm always talking about a balanced presence in your life. You know, be where your feet are. Be present. Look people in the face. Look them in the eyes when you're talking to them. Be present. Well, here's some balance with the fast. You give something up and you give something back. You commit to a time of prayer and solitude daily, and you're consistent with that. I would advise you pick a time to do that and do it. Keep going. Okay, give up something. I won't go through the whole list, but there's a lot of things. Uh, cell phone addiction, video games, that would be hard for a lot of you. Social networking, a bad habit that you can't seem to break. Anything you do during the week that wastes time and money. And we did put sweets on there. It's really hard to do since we got a bunch of sweets out there on the table. Um, it's just part of life, isn't it? Give something back. Look at all these things, and this is in your hand now too. Keep a prayer journal. Our worship pastor, he journals every single day. It's a beautiful thing to do. Make a list of people you've hurt or you have hurt you and work on reconciliation. You know, one of, my, one of my words, and I have a lot of words for the new year, is encouragement. Encourage others. That could be something you do. That's giving back. 
You know, rather than spending time, you know, on social media or watching this show, I'm going to write letters of encouragement. I'm going to text encouraging notes to people and encourage them and affirm them. That's a good thing to do. Invite someone to church once a week. Volunteer with the Community Action Center or another organization, the SAC Lunch Brigade, which, by the way, we start back up next Saturday, full swing. 1,200 lunches will be needed every single Saturday. So we just took a two-week break. That's it. We're back on. So that's another way. I want you to experience peace. That's Karen's word for the new year, peace and purpose in 2022. And your purpose, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. Are you ready for it? To love God, to love people, and make disciples. That's our mission statement in Misty Creek Community Church. It's our purpose. In essence, it's saying the chief end of humankind is to glorify God, to tell others about God, and enjoy God forever. And so you're going to receive this beautiful leather-bound book today. Everybody in here is going to get one of these. As you leave, our ushers will give it to you. And this is about peace and purpose. And you'll open this book up, and in the very first cover you'll see information about Misty Creek. I'll tell you why that's in there. For the next 21 days, I want you to read this little book. The beauty of this book is it's about Jesus. It's not a track. You've seen tracks before. You've been given a track. If you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? Boy, that really does a lot for people, doesn't it? When you're out on the beach and you're passing those out, people fall on their knees right away and accept Jesus. This is more than that, folks. It's actually the Word of God. It's Jesus' life. And you may say, well, I already know about Jesus' life, and I already know this stuff. Do you? I want you to read every page of this book during the 21 days. And then when you finish with it, this is the, the most wonderful thing. I want you to give it to someone who needs Jesus. And not only will you give your book away, but guess what? I have 600 of these books. And guess what? In the back, you can order as many free copies as you want yourself. There's an initiative that's going to happen here at Misty Creek in this new year. It's going to happen sooner than later. I'm letting the cat out of the bag early. Aren't you glad you're here today? You're receiving some good news that you're going to need to pass along the next few weeks to folks that aren't here today. We're going to go to every single door, household, community in this area, and we're going to hand give these copies out. I'm going to do some of that. But guess who's going to do most of it? You are, right? And you're going to offer an invitation because you're going to be able to say for the very first time, right, Jeff? You won't be able to say this five years or ten years from now. You're going to be able to say, we are a new church here in the Sandy Springs community. We just purchased a beautiful building property right here, right down the road. You're going to tell them where it is, and you're going to hand them this book. They may knock it out of your hands. But you know what? Before you go to any door, before you knock on any door, before you greet anyone, you're going to say, Lord, I'm going to do the possible, and I'm going to trust you to do the impossible. Aren't you glad you're no longer just a pew sitter with hands in your pocket? You're going to be the body of Christ. You're going to go into this community, and you are going to share the love of Jesus with others. So that's your gift today. 
This is mine, though. I'm keeping mine. <laughs> Take a little bread in the morning. Take a little wine right now. Feed on the food of the Holy Spirit. Spread the feast around. Today we come to the table. And no, this is not the way you're used to participating in Holy Communion. These are the portable Holy Communion sets. But we're still going to feed on the food and drink of the Holy Spirit today. We're going to experience Holy Communion. This is a time for us to come and to receive the grace of God. It's an outward and visible way of expressing an inward spiritual grace. For when you partake of the bread and juice today, you are partaking of the body and blood of Christ. This cup, this wafer, represents the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And we are claiming today that God, by the power of His Holy Spirit, has enabled us to be the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood, sent forth into all the world, making disciples of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, we ask that your presence now come upon this bread and juice. Make them be for us representative of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And holy God, we ask that your spirit descend now upon each one of us, those who are watching, those under the tent, those inside standing on the stage right now, that your Holy Spirit would rain down on us and fill our cups to overflowing that we would know and others would know that we are Christians by our love. You gave us the ultimate example of love by allowing your son to go to that cross and bear the weight of the world's sin, my sin and all of sin. And you allowed for him to face the ridicule, the mocking, the beating, and the suffering of the nails and the crown of thorns and the piercing in his side. You did that because you love us. And now because of his sacrifice on that cross, we have an intimate connection with you, our Abba, our Father, our Daddy. And so today we come to you asking you to forgive us of our shortcomings, of our sins, of when we fall short of who you created us to be. And Lord, we ask now in the silence of this place that you forgive us for, and you fill in the blank, whatever it is in your life that's caused you to take your eyes off of your Savior, that's caused you to not live life to the fullest. Surrender today. Surrender whatever it is that's holding you back from reaching your full potential in Christ Jesus. Fill in that blank or blanks. If it's helpful, lift up your hands and give it to Jesus. Here, Jesus, take it from me. Take this burden, this inadequacy, this thing in the past that has paralyzed me, Lord, will you just take it and cast it into the depths of the sea? May I not think about it anymore. May I only live in you moving forward. Step by step, you lead me, and I will follow you all the days of my life.
Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me and setting me free. And all God's people said, Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. For more sermons from Misty Creek Community Church, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream your podcasts. You can also watch videos of our sermons and complete services on the Misty Creek Community Church YouTube channel. And while you're there, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. For more information about our church, including our mission, location, service times, and more, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. God bless you, and thank you for listening.